I think if you learn from the past, there's a good chance the future will be different. It's just so great to see such a passionate fan base here in Vancouver. They've been waiting a long time for this. Your support is what's going to make winning a Stanley Cup in this city so special. And I got a feeling it's going to happen very soon. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 13 of Canucks Cast. Today we're going to be talking about the trade that Canucks made, made in the past offseason, including the Brandon Sutter Nick Benino trade, and the trade for, for Zach Cassian and Brandon Prust. And we're going to be talking about the whole Patrick Kane situation and what's going to happen with him. All that and more on episode 13 of Canucks Cast, and I'm joined by Trevor Natch and Sean Spence, and you can find us on Twitter. So, Trevor, what did you think of the Sutter trade for Nick Nobin for Nick Benino? I mean, Benino. You know, yeah, you know, they're, they're both sort of second, third line centers. Benino's not as good of a skater as Sutter. Sutter's a stronger skater. Benino's a bit more flashy. Sutter's more of a meat and potatoes, hard nosed kind of player. He would fit well on a 2011 Bruins team. He's had playoff success in the past. He was very good. Probably the best player on the Penguins last year during their short playoff stint. Or, or this past playoffs, but I don't know. I mean, why did you get to trade Adam Prendani? This is a guy who we traded Gustav Forsling for last year. Um, I, I expected him in the lineup now. Matt Barkowski is going to be in the lineup. Our defense is once again thin. I didn't see why we had to trade a prospect like Prendani. Why couldn't it be Sutter for um, Benino straight up? Well, what I can gather is they wanted. I think the reason because Sutter is worth way more than Benino, and Sutter is probably the best penalty killer in the entire league. If like this year, you're going to see him and Burroughs out on the PK together as a as a pairing. Yep. Nobody will ever score on that line, and they will not give up. You guys know that I'm not a Benino fan. I criticize his skating, but. How does this? Uh, Eno is a good penalty us? killer, but Sutter's the best. But and Alex Burrows is one of the best. Yes. Yeah, but I mean Sutter hasn't played with many stars. He was mostly on that third line. But Eno got to play with Getzlav and Perry at times in Anaheim. Had some good teammates last year here in Vancouver. Sutter might score more goals and his point totals might look better because right now Benino's stats look better than Sutter on paper. But you're right, Sean. Really Sutter help. is yeah. Sutter is. The better player. Yes. Well, I'm, what I'm going to say here is, is couldn't couldn't really Desjardins put Sutter in the penalty kill situation and leave and leave Benino? I mean, Boho back up for an offensive in more an offensive situations, like putting him on a second line power play. With and not only a second line power play, Horvat is going to be centering the second line this year, and Sutter will he be on the third line. He will be at some point. He will be at some point, but uh, they're starting the season as Sutter as the second line. Which is fine, because he'll slowly transition. But seriously, Henrik is our first line center. Bo Horvat is our second line center. And yeah. then our third line center is, is Sutter. Like, you're like you're deep down the middle. Yeah. If Horvat has season he did okay. last year. Yeah. And last year, I'm glad Horvat stayed on the fourth and third line. You don't want to overwhelm him by putting him on the second line. That was a good move by Willie. He scored all his goals on the fourth line last year. Yeah. Um, but right now, the main problem with the Canucks is, guys, right now, if you start the season, Yannick Hansen is on the second line at right wing. That is pathetic. Yes, it is. He's more of a short line, fourth line kind of, kind of, kind of oh, yeah. player. I don't think Hansen will be up there. 
Well, this second line right now is, in my mind, Sutter, Burroughs, and Hanson. No. Burroughs will be with the twins. Burroughs will be with the twins. I think it's going to be Sutter, Verbata, and it's really going to be okay. it's going to be somebody like like uh, a Berchi or or something like that. But even Verbata, like he's not going to be as good as he was Sutter, last year. If you put Sutter with Yannick Hansen and Chris Higgins, that'd be the best freaking third line, uh, third line, third line checking line in the league. Hansen, Higgins, and Sutter as, a, as your checking line, you you wouldn't get out of your own zone. Well, that sounds that sounds like a good good line, and I and I think you're right, Son. I think Bowers will be with the Twins, and I think. Fabata will be on the second line whenever Fabata first I'm on just, a... just the way it worked, uh, it ended at the end of the year. Verbata, this is also Verbata's last year. Let's get the most out of him. And by helping, and he's a good teacher, and Horvat's a good passer. And you know with a good passer that uh, is going to get his goals. Yeah, he scores... That was something that Kessler wasn't. He was good at everything else except for passing. He couldn't pass the yeah, puck at all. Pass for shit. Yeah, that's... I mean, he had bad teammates like Booth and stuff and Raymond, but he didn't help himself with how bad his passing was. No. Yeah. And speaking of of which, just to trade for Cassian for for Brandon Sutter. I mean, for 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 Prost. I mean, sorry. So, what is what is it, guys? Love the trade. Love it. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, in the playoffs last year, we saw Prust. He almost riled up the Tampa Bay bench and made the Lightning better. His shenanigans on the ice, they don't work. I don't see how he's an effective player these days. It, it doesn't work a lot once you get deep into the playoffs. It works at the beginning. It intimidates the teams because there's so many teams there, right? It does at the beginning. But uh, during the season, like... You can tell by the way Benning's drafting and the way he's trading players that he is going to be like, all right, well, we're we're transitioning, we're try like we're going to get worse before we get better type thing. So we're just going to bring in a lot of size and a lot of mean guys and just and scare it was, them. It's also, Hell, it was also yeah, yeah, it was also a good riddance trade by Benning though because he hated Cassian. You yeah, no, it that. wasn't just that, but you think about it, Cassian was out of favor. With three coaches, yep, even Vino. Yeah. Yeah, and let's not forget his old previous coach, Lindy Wuff. He was. You on- know what you're getting from Brandon Prust. You know every time he comes on the ice, and he can score big goals for you. But you well, know actually, exactly what he's gonna do. I actually read a story about Cassian, and this was back in 2013 when they played the Sharks in the playoffs. He arrived to the rink late with a burger. He was eating a burger about 30 minutes before they hit the ice. During a playoff game, that's I would have benched. I would have sat. I would have scratched him. So that just shows how his off ice issues are well apparent. You would see Plus doing that. You might see him eating fucking no. spinach or something. But. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a fan of Cassian's upside on offense. Um, he can't play defense for shit, obviously. But he's he needs to get a little. Defense. Yeah, he needs to get a little bit meaner because right now he's noticed too. Yeah. After the Canucks signed Craig Trust, the next day, the Ducks signed John Scott, who couldn't get a job last year. Yeah. And then right after that, Arizona went out and signed McGratton, 
who was out of the league last year. Like the the teams went away from all these tough guys, and this year they're coming back with them. Two players that couldn't even get a job last year all of a sudden have a job because we got Prust. Yeah. And speaking of which, who do you see Prust playing with? Um, um, do you see him well, playing? Dorset's going to be on one side of him. That's yeah. going to be a scary. Dorset led the league last year in fighting majors. Yeah. And he was second in penalty minutes. Hmm. So you think it'll be a line of they, Dorset, and. And Prust, is that going to be yeah, a line? That's probably that, that'll probably be it. I don't think McCann's going to make the team this year, no. unless he blows people's minds or in the preseason. No, he won't. I think he's going to stay in the CHR right now for this year. Yeah, I don't really see him making the team either. I mean, I think he's just too young and still needs to grow as a player still. Well, you can't really say that. There's a lot of players that came into this league that were just as old or just as young as him. True. But still. Like, look at, look at Johnny Goudreau, and that guy is tiny. I think the biggest thing I'm ready for to see is whether or not Sven Barchi breaks out or not. I mean, is this he guy said even... He interview that he's ready to be a second-line winger. Well, he better be because he has to be in the top six, so he's not going to be effective in the bottom three or four lines, right? Yeah. Well, no, Barch, Bar- Barchi's no good to us on the third or fourth line. Yeah. He has no. to be top four, so he can't play. Yeah. True. So Period. Like, he, that's just the way it is. So I mean, that's why I think, it, I think it's going to be Verbata, Horvat, and Barchi at some point this season. It'll probably start out the season. It'll probably start out with Sutter. Um, with Berchi and, and Verbata. And even really the third line with Horvat, Hansen, and Higgins is still, because Horvat's very good defensively. So that's still a good line, too. I just think Sutter is more suited for the third line. Like, you got to remember, too, that players that come over from the east, over from the east to the west, don't normally do very well. Well, well... Yeah, you're right. I guess there's some exceptions because, if I recall, Marion Gabrick played in the Eastern Conference for the Rangers and then suddenly lit up with the Kings. So I guess there are a few exceptions there. He lit it up. He no, but he was inconsistent though. He lit it up for like seven or eight games. He lit it up a little bit in like a playoff series, and then he disappeared. Hmm. He wasn't around last year, like. When when you say lighting it up, you gotta mean like like consistently, like either the, like all season or all playoffs or something like that. He didn't do that. No, and that's been his problem his whole career. So, and 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 that leads me to another question. You said players from coming from the east coming to the west don't normally play that well. Do you think that will apply to Milan Lucic coming from the from the Bruins to the Kings? Do you think he'll play all that well? Or is, or not? I, I don't think he's gonna. He'll fit in size wise with that team, so that'll be a mean fucking team. But uh, for him getting points and things like that, no, not really. I don't. I don't think it. It'll work that great for him. Hmm. Well, yeah. Well, he's gonna well, be a connect- at the same time. He's playing on a line with Kopitar and, and Gabrick and Jeff Carter and all that. Um, 
past season with the Bruins. He wasn't playing with as good players, maybe Bergeron, but he's more of a defensive-minded player. But at the same time, we're talking about a guy who apparently is interested in coming to Vancouver next year, and I'm not willing to pay more than 6 mil for this guy. Uh, uh, mark my words right now, Milan Lucic will be a Canuck next season. Yeah. Benning, Benning, wants Benning wanted us. And, and, and Lucic, Lucic said that this is where he wants to come, so it's pretty... They, they both have said, okay, this is where you're coming next year. They probably already have a contract worked out. He was in Vancouver um, at a barbecue that Benning attended already this summer. It's going to be so one sure year. Alex, so. Yeah, me too. The problem is this guy is going to command at least six months. I don't think he's not worth it. I mean, his point total. I think, I think he'll get four, four and a half million if he comes here, I betcha. I betcha he'll take... Because he he's coming off a six million dollar contract that he didn't really live up to. Yeah, I think I think he'll and and because it's in Vancouver where he's always dreamed to play, and I think it'll be in the four to four and a half, maybe five million dollar range. But five would be yeah. tops. And this is a guy who Canucks fans obviously have hated all along ever since he was drafted by the Bruins. But once he's on the Canucks, you're gonna love him. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah. Like- yeah, he's gonna fill fill the need for a new. He's gonna be our new top of Tuesday type of player. I think Vander Kane's gonna be here too soon. I hope he, not. He, he didn't. He didn't want to. He when he all that fiasco happened when Winnipeg was here last time. Um, I don't want him in Vancouver. He said he wants he wants to play here. And Ryan Johansson, a buddy of mine, knows his parents that live in Port Moody. And they've said that the reason, like Ryan Johansson, he uh, trains with the Canuck players out here all summer. He's out here right now. Wow. He has yeah. back to training camp yet. He was out, out skating at UBC with BXA. He, his, his mom said that his lifelong dream was being to play for the Vancouver Canucks. Wow. So at one point, we're going to get him. Yeah, so that's If good. anything, though, I'd rather go after Brent Seabrook and free agency after this year. I don't think he's going to get the free agency. I think he's going to get traded before that because but but if um if they don't have Patrick Kane, which I don't think they will. Um though that money's going to come off books and they'll be able to sign Seabrook. Uh, They'd rather sign him. Like, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Patrick Kane, what do you think the situation is going on with him? I mean, he's been accused and he's been and there's been reports that teen, five teams have talked to the Hawks about trading him, but the Hawks haven't opened up to talking to Kane about tr- trading him. So what do you think is going to happen to him? I don't think he'll play in a Hawks jersey again. He won't be at training camp or anything like that. Like, that just won't happen. They, yeah. like, with, with Kane on that team, and he was... Yeah, there was more to it when he went to get his contract. There was more to it and things like that. Like they sat him down and they said, "Here's your contract, but before you sign it, you got to promise that all the shenanigans that happened before aren't going to yeah. happen anymore." I mean, you want to play with it. Yeah. The Wards family is really upset about this because this just happened last year. Yeah, they sat down and they talked about this. Yeah, and I mean, then they yeah. go and win another cup. And this is the third cup they've won. This is the third time Patrick Kane's gotten in trouble after winning yep. a cup. I mean, you had the cab driver incident in 2009, the, the party. And you had the, the uh, Cinco de Mayo party in 2012. And 
it's just yeah, it's gotten ridiculous. In a frat house or something like that. Yeah. This is the yeah. final strike. If he ever returns to the NHL in general, I mean, the eight-year, eighty-four million dollar extension kicks in this season. So I guess GMs and those five GMs are probably thinking they can buy low on him. But I mean, I don't see any scenario of him being traded. I don't see any scenario of him playing this season at all. Well, that's going to be a so, huge. That's going to be a huge blow for the Hawks, and I don't really see him making the playoffs without no. him. I think even yeah, I thought with Kane before all of this, all of this reports about a rape allegation. I didn't even know if the, the Hawks would make the playoffs. Neither did I. I called them not to make the playoffs this year. Look at who they lost this year: Saad. Patrick Sharp, Brendan Saad. Those kid. Okay, that's two of your top six. They've lost three top six players though. Yeah. I mean, Marion Hosa is Marion Hosa is heading for regression as well. And right now, your second center is Artem Anisimov. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know Anis- Anisimov. They got in the side deal. Yay! He's been. Uh, why do you think he was in Columbus? He got traded from Columbus. New York. Yeah. Where? Where? Where's the card? And speaking of speaking of Hawks. Players traded. Patrick Sharp will be playing alongside of probably Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben, and that's going to be a wicked top line. Wicked top line. To watch out for. Dude, they all are playing the same line as Natushkin and Spetsa. I mean, it's all good for uh, sure. I put him. I put him with Spetsa. I put him yeah. with Spetsa for sure. That'd be a wicked line. I mean, this guy only yeah, a little bit of older, well, yeah, the old, older line with like a rookie base or a second year guy on the on the other side of you. Yes, and there's another thing like that. The the stars have all the offense that they need, but they can't play defense very well. Remember where they finished in defense well, last year, dead last. So you can have all the offense, but it won't matter if you can't play defense. Well, there's the stars are sort of like how the Blue Jays were this year until they got good pitching and all that. They're probably one of the best offensive teams in hockey, and they got a little bit better. Sharp's going to score at least 30 or more. I mean, I think he felt slighted in Chicago because he was being criticized about having feuds with teammates and all of that. But No, he was – I read stories about him. Apparently, he was, like, sleeping with other <coughs> players' wives. Apparently, he had slept with Duncan Keith's wife, although I'm pretty sure that – Was it Keith or Taves? One of the two. It was Keith. And I don't know if we'll ever know if that was true or not, but – I think for him, it's just good to get out of Chicago. Yeah, even though he was playing. I don't, don't think I don't even think Patrick Kane will be there for the uh, <coughs> banner raising. I don't think they'll allow him in the building. Yeah. Yeah. And even even if the, um, this all goes away and they decide not to press charges and things like that, I think Kane's um, uh, reputation has been tarnished for life. Like he'll never get it back. EA Sports. Um, dropped him. Now Bauer is about to drop him. He's got all these. He's got all these other things just ready to just drop him. Like he's lost his, everything. His former his former junior team, London Knights, don't have want nothing to do with him as well. Oh. Yes. Like he's he's it's just like when OJ gets out of gets out of prison. You're not going to see him calling NFL games anymore. He's okay. done. So. If he doesn't sign up for training camp, I get that. But do you see the Hawks? I know. I, I, don't, 
I don't think he, it's not that he just won't show up. I don't think he's allowed to show up. Well, what I was going to say was, do you see the Hawks buying out his contract at all and just terminating it, kind of like kind of like the white Mike Richard situation with the Kings? Nothing. We won't need to give him a cent because I'm sure in the contract it stated like there is always like a a, a clause in there for behavior and things like that. Yeah. So you see him. So do you see the Hawks terminating his contract? Like Mike Richards, or do you think, or do you think they'll just buy it out? No, they. Uh, well, of course they terminate it. Like any owner that knows that, oh well, I can do this for free, or I can give him eighty-four million dollars. Like, of course yeah. the owner's going to just terminate it. That's what the Kings did because the Kings had to, mm-hmm. and that's why it's going. It's going through the NHLPA right now is because uh, the Kings didn't have the cap room to keep Richards on. But because of the new CBA, you can't bury a contract that big in the minors. So it still counts towards your cap hit, even though he's in the minors. Mm-hmm. So then they decided that they were going to terminate his contract right after the season when he was actually in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So it's a little fishy. Yes, but still, even though he, even though he's him among the league, he's still one of the league's most talented players. And you put him in the right situations, maybe. And with the with Patrick Hank on, I always see who would be playing alongside of Taze on the top line. Well, Kane wasn't playing with Taze most of the time. Well, I think on the I think we know what I mean on the power play. That's what I mean. I mean. On the power play, of course, you know, it was always Taze, Kane, or Sharp, or Hosa, or something. Wasn't it? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure from time to time, Kane did play with Taze. I mean, the chemistry, they had some chemistry together. That I know. So, yeah, they have loaded up Taze, Kane, Hosa before. But they don't normally. Uh, Hosa usually plays with Kane on the second line. Yeah. And last year, Taves had Kruger and Sharp, I believe. I believe it was Taves, Kruger, and Sharp. Hmm. All right. And then they had like, and then Hosa, and then it was Vermette, Hosa, and Kane. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I always see the Hawks making a plus all right now with, with this whole Kane situation. Well, I did see making but a plus. And because of, of the contracts kicking in, they couldn't sign like some other defensemen. They couldn't sign uh, Oduya. Had to just let him leave, walk to yeah. free agency. Yeah. They couldn't sign. It makes me. I think it kind of makes the Hawks regret signing Kane. To, I'm with, I know he's worth that kind of money, but. They. They sort of able to sign to a more cap-friendly deal, so they can build a team around them. That was right after the CBA was finished, and they made it so that each year that goes down can't be more than ten percent. Hmm. Like it, it, so they signed them to a long-term deal, but they had to watch the way they were going to do it. Like you couldn't go from like five million down to. Two or something like that. Like it had to go down gradually. Yes, I get that, but couldn't they sign like to a more friendly dumb contract? Like, 
like a five million, I mean, like around a six million, seven million dollar contract and have room for other players. I mean, so you, you he wouldn't accept that. Never, he wouldn't accept that. Sign. He would have never signed for six or seven million dollars. Not a chance. I mean, Patrick Kane was worth the money. I don't think the Blackhawks ever expected this, even though he had a checkered history off the ice. But at the same token, the Patriots thought they had an all-star tight end in Aaron Hernandez, and turned out he's, he killed a guy, and he's a criminal, and he's going to be in jail yeah. for life. Yeah. yeah. Even though Kane is worth this kind of money, and you're right, I don't think they expected this. I mean, so he had his off-ice issues in the past, but I guess they thought... He was over it, but and now he's accused of rape. I mean, that's one of the most serious crimes you can get. And and this you is, know, out of, all, out of all of what's been going on so far, too, there hasn't um, been one interview, or Kane hasn't spoke once. His lawyer spoke once. The yeah. uh, accusers spoke a bunch of times. The police have spoke. Kane hasn't said a word to anybody, which says this is serious. Because it's I know Derek, Derek Gross is also he being... He called his lawyer voluntarily once he heard, found out about these allegations. That's a little fishy. Like, if I'm not guilty of anything, I want to get up and get my name out there on national television saying, I did not do this, and exactly. fight back. If you have nothing to hide, don't hide it. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I would do it. But by him calling his lawyer already and then his lawyer making a statement and he's like nowhere to be found. Yes. I'm stuck. That just seems weird. That seems fishy. Like he was obviously with that girl and there was witnesses stating that he was with that girl. I think it comes what happened whether or not he's consensual or not. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what happened in, in his house, only that girl and him will know. Right. And uh, yes, you know, it's all fishy and he, he's definitely hiding something. I think him. I think his crime may actually actually be true, and I think he may be guilty. I mean, he might be behind bars. It's hard to prove, though. It will be. It's gonna be hard to prove, but everyone's leaning towards that way. That's for sure. And I mean, Derek Rose is in the same situation. He's come out and said that he's confident that this will be fixed. So he's a little bit more out there than Kane, obviously. But at the same time, both of these are serious scenarios. Yes, and let's not forget the other. Crimes that are pinned against the other NHL players: Slava Voinov, Ryan O'Reilly. Slava Voinov, yeah, he's Slava Voinov, he's not coming back. But I don't think he'll be coming back to the NHL, anyways. He's got he's already got a huge offer to the, from the KHL. And and Ryan O'Reilly just driving straight into a Tim Hortons drunk. Ugh. I mean, what a way to remember. They, they allowed Danny Heatley and Craig McTavish back into the league. And they killed people. Like, it would have been murder if it hadn't been us. And they are back in the league. So, anything is possible. Yes, it is. So, there's still a chance that Patrick Kane may still be in the... I think he'll play in the NHL somewhere. But... Well, let's and I think because he has a no trade clause, right? Right. So if the team goes to him and says, "All right, well, give us a list of teams," and, and the team comes back and says, "We, they, none of these teams want, um, like, want you," type thing, they basically can go to him and say, "Well, listen, you're never going to play for us, so you're either just going to sit out your entire contract and then sign somewhere else in eight years, 
because that's how long the contract is, or we'll just find the deal that it best suits for us, and you can just go there. And he's going to end up in like a Florida or like something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. that's what I think is going to happen. Because if the team says to him that you're you're not playing for us ever again, well, he's got on an eight-year contract. Well, and Dale Talon will pick him up. Well, let's not. Well, for- yeah. Well, even though this is a lot going on, I still think Patrick Kane still views, draws in a lot of fans from around the league because he's such an exciting player to watch, and more fans means more money. So, then again, not to self the Autumn, they make the playoffs next year for sure. Yep. Like I think, I think they're right on the cusp of making it this year. If they got Patrick Kane, they'd make it for sure, depending on who they had to give up. Well, they probably they look pretty good on defense for sure. Well, if they wouldn't be giving up Barkoff or or uh, anything or anything Huberto. like that, Huberto, they wouldn't be giving up anything like that to get Kane. So Very, maybe Christian Brunson or something like that. Yeah, it'd be like picks a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, you probably right. They would probably make the playoffs if they had had Kane. Um. Yeah. I think it's going to be close if they make. I think because I think the Islanders overachieved last year. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think I. I just because because if you um, look back at it, like Halak, he had a great season, uh, or he had a great playoff year when when he was playing for the Canadians, like just phenomenal. I've never seen nothing like it. The next year, they ended up trading Halak instead of Price. They traded Halak. The next year, he had an off year, and then he got traded to the Islanders. Like it's not like he's just staying with one team. Like other teams are trading him because he's inconsistent. He has right one now great my year. dark horse team. Right now, my dark horse team is the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, adding Sod and even Clarkson, I know, who I know is overpaid, but like for a third or fourth line, Clarkson's going to be money for them. And the Jackets alone were one of the hottest teams to finish the season last year. And, I mean, this team is going in the right direction for sure with Johansson, now, Chilino, Jack Johnson. Is, the only thing is that we're going to find out soon is that with Saad, a project of yep. Taves, he'll be terrible without him. Yeah. Or Saad actually play at the same level. That's the one thing, you're right. Yes, and we don't... we got to see. Yes. Because seen players leave in the past... Um, teams and and go and they actually like like when Gretzky left Curry only happened for a year but he left Curry Gretzky was still able to do what he was able to do without Curry around or when Chichu left Thornton yeah Chichu two goals didn't work, didn't work too well for Chichu and Setaguchi as well yes and they and the Blue Jackets already signed him to a little to a contract extension when they don't have any, when they haven't even seen when he's when they haven't seen him play with the team yet, so he may not, he may not live up to his contract at all. Yeah. And, well, right now he's going to be on the second line. And he's still a solid second line player, so I think the block, the Jackets are in good shape for sure. Yeah, I do too. But I, I'm I'm trying to look at all the teams right now, and I can't see a team. That I could say is per the only team that I could see in the entire league that I think is the deepest from 
goalie all the way to forward would be the Anaheim Ducks. I think they're going to win the cup this year. Only team. I think they're going to win the cup too. And you know, once the Canucks are eliminated, I'm a Ducks fan. I'm a Ducks fan right I now. That, I said that at the beginning. I would love. The Kevin Canucks Dick. have already been eliminated, Sean. They're not making the playoffs. Well, no, but you never know with these young guys. Like, look at Calgary last year. They were expected to finish 12th or 13th. They were picked. And then they're, they're young guys that just came alive. You never know. If Jake Britannon comes on the team, you never know. He might score 20, 25 goals and blow everybody's mind. And the Ducks just up. added character. They have Sean Horkoff now in the fourth line. They have Bieksa. I know they lost Boschman, but Bieksa is better than Boschman. And speaking yeah. of Boschman... Bieksa is definitely faster. Speaking of Boschman, the Avalanche, if you look at them right now, they are terrible. Carl Soderberg's on their second line. John Mitchell on their third line. Alex Tongay's on the second line. They don't have and their defense. defense is just... Their defense is terrible. Yeah. Brad Stewart, are you kidding me? <laughs> I know Brad Stewart is a little long in the tooth. Yes. He's good back in Detroit and Calgary, but... Yeah. Only because he was Santa playing with... Lidstrom when yeah, he was in, well, in Detroit. Yeah. Did Lidstrom will make anybody look good. Yeah. Lidstrom made Brett Brett Lebda look good. I uh, like I I'm 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 just waiting until the end of this season because our defense is our defense is gonna look immensely different. One Suban rides? I don't know if Suban will play or not. I mean, I'm looking, I don't, looking forward to see Blake um, Krause. won't be here. Nope. Not like he, they, they haven't even talked to him about a contract extension, which is very rare. Verbata's gone. Verbata won't be here. So that's right there. That's clearing. That's like, like $10 million. Yeah, almost $10 million. So you're going to have Lucic and then maybe a defenseman. I would love to see Lucic and Seabrook, even though I don't think Seabrook will come, but... He might be traded before, as you said. I think, I think Seabrook's going to ask for like $7 million. And then Flutter will give it to him. Somebody will. Dale Talon will. Yeah, yeah, he's allowed to spend as much money as he wants. He just got to say he's got to be Brian careful. Brian Campbell reunited. Huberto and, uh, and uh, Barkoff haven't signed long contracts yet. So you don't want to spend all your cap money and then all of a sudden have to sign them to huge deals. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of which, the the two of them really haven't had com- coming out parties. Well, I wouldn't say that's entirely true. I think Kibodo or Barkov did win the Cardo as the league's top rookie, but other than that, I haven't seen much out of them. I mean, to me, they've been solid and haven't really been making, you know, haven't been in in the in the conversation like for the, for the all. Uh, Art Ross and a Ted Lindsay as the league's well, they're young, of course not. But still, Hiroto was a third overall pick in 2011, and he has not performed up to his standard. I mean, the most goals he scored in a season is 15. I know his point totals are going up, but he's never going to be a first line center. He's always going to be the second line left winger. Yeah. Yes, and even though I I retire your comments on because he's so young, but Sagan is still still young. And he was drafted around the same time as drafted a year before, before Hubert or Barkov. I forget. Like, sure makes a big difference though when when you're uh, 
uh, when, when you're evaluating like talent and stuff like that, a year makes a crazy amount of difference. <clears throat> yes. But you can go in a year, you can go from a 15 goal scorer to a 30 goal scorer. All I gotta do is put up Jamie Benn. I mean, Sagan isn't scoring 37 goals on any other no, team. No, that, that's like just him. it. He's playing with Jamie Benn. So. Which is totally different. Like, Huberto, when he got drafted, there was nothing there. Now they're starting to get pieces to build around him. There's not uh, there's only a few players really out there in the history of the league that you can draft, just put on your team on a really crappy team, and that one player will turn all those crappy players into good players. But that doesn't happen very often. And Conor Gretzky could do that. Crosby could do that. Messier could do that. But if you look if you look around at all the first overall picks, they're not able to do that. No. Like everybody's talking about Connor McDavid. My dad's like Connor McDavid's going to be rookie of the year. I I don't think Connor McDavid's going to make it um, through the season. There's been people on like players on Twitter that are choked that the league's already named him uh, face of the of the league, and like he's going to have an enormous target on his back. Crosby, yeah. since he came into the league, look at uh, look at how many times he's been out because he has and, a huge target on his back. And playing with Benoit Pouliot and Petty Purcell, that's not going to really work for him as well. No. Hopefully they put Yakupov with them because Yakupov could really benefit from McDavid, but at the same I time... I are going to do like a, an Eberle, uh, uh, Eberle kind of deal like with them. Because they had, like in an inter-squad game, they had Everly and McDavid together. Wow. And then they put, I guess they put Hall on the second line. Yes. They don't have any left-wingers that can move up, though, for Hall. Because it's after that, it's Pouliot, Korpikoski, and Robbie Klinkhammer. So, I, mean, they, I know, it's just brutal. I mean, the Oilers still aren't very good. I mean, people no, forget that no, Griffin Reinhardt. I still don't think they're going to make playoffs. Not with Scrivens and Talbot. And, I mean, sure, getting Sakara and Sakara was nice, and Darnell Nurse will be here soon. I think, I think the Flames are going to take a step back. Like, what were they thinking? They, they, they kept, they, they kept um, one of their goalies, but they wouldn't re sign Hiller. Like, only well, I, I, I have no idea what they're thinking. The only reason why they made the playoffs last year, well, the only reason why um, they, um, they did so well last year was because they were alternating goalies. If you look back at the goalies, the two goalies are almost identical in games played. Like, they alternated their goalies. That's the only reason why they played well. They alternated backup goal, two backup goalies all year round. Yeah, it was a bit of a fluke, and having Mason Raymond on your second line isn't ideal. I mean, their defense looks stacked, but how do we know Giordano's not going to get injured again? Dennis Weidman's How do we know how uh, Giordano's going to play again? Yeah. Yes. TJ uh, Brody came out of nowhere. He used to be in the Abbotsford Heat. Weidman's well, getting older each year. I mean, you never know, and Derek Anglin's just overpaid. Well, rotating goalies isn't something new. I mean, the... The Canucks did in 2011, 2012, and and the Stars are going to do it with 
with Lennon and Antony Yemi, so I don't see why why it won't work. I mean, because it's Hiller and Ramo, and back in 2011, 2012, the Canucks had Schneider and Luongo, both top ten goalies. Yeah, and we and it looks as of right now, anyways. Like if if we were to make the decision now, it does look like um, I'm not going to say we won the Schneider trade. But I'm not going to say we lost it either. I yeah, think it's same like, time. yeah, same thing. I think it's yeah, I even right now. Totally agree. And that's just both, that's both only after a year. From, both teams benefited from it. Yeah. Now, if he t- if if Horvat turns into a second line center and like start scoring 20, 25 goals a year, then I'm going to say we won the trade. I still he's going to do a couple. Of- Schneider is statistically a top five goalie in this league. He just plays on a terrible team. I mean, I think it's still going to be an equal t- trade regardless if Horvat scores 30 or more goals. You know where I think he's going to end up when he's a free agent? Who? I think he's going to end up in Toronto. Horvat? No. No, Horvat will be well, here Schneider, forever. Schneider, Schneider, yeah. Schneider. What do you mean? He's, he's only got one more year left. I think Toronto's going to go get him. What are you talking about, Dom? You mean Corey Snyder? But didn't he have about the long-term six-year contract that he, seven, six or seven contract he signed with the Devils? Corey Snyder? Yeah. Since when? I think he signed it like, like, like this year or this 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 during the season or, or something like this past season or something like that. He did. He did it. Uh, last year he signed a seven-year $42 million contract extension with New Jersey. So he's oh, in there then, for there we go. Then I can say right now that we are going to end up winning the trade because the Devils are going to oh. be terrible for that long. doesn't matter though. Schneider's still a top five goalie. He just plays on a yeah, no, but he, But like, like, like I keep telling everybody and everybody still keeps talking to me about lack. And I'm like, the management can see the same thing, and it's not just in hockey, it's in all sports. If you look at it, Lack had better numbers than um, than uh, Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller had a better goals against average, just a little. But everything else, Lack had it better. But the thing was, is that then you go and look at their records, and... Miller just had more wins. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter if your save percentage is is. It does matter. It does matter though. No, but it doesn't. Look at yeah, but still, don't tell the Canucks that. You know what? Do you get? Do you get get awarded a playoff spot when when uh, you've got the best save percentage in the league? No, Luongo, his first eight years in the league, or however long he was uh, in Florida. He was number one or two in goals against and save percentage um, every year in the league. The only problem was is that he'd get a, a shutout or he'd let in one goal and his team couldn't even score that. But that's the, and that's what the team saw too. The team saw well that that our players seemed to score more with Luongo in net, which they did. Uh, I I looked it up, did the math. We uh, the Canucks scored. A goal and a half more with Miller and Net than with. So they were Lack. more motivated to play for Miller. Is that, is that what you're telling me? Well, that that's not the way it should be, and I don't know. I don't think that that would be in their minds. That's just the way it worked out. Yes, but that's a pretty a goal and a half. That's a lot. It's true, but I like to point this out. Um, since I pay, since I started paying attention and 
2010-11, I've noticed that the Canucks backups have put up better stats than than the starters. I mean, well, because they play less games. True, but I know well, yeah, they play less games, and they play usually against weaker opponents. Uh, Sean, last year in save percentage, the top ten goalies in save percentage, nine of them made the playoffs. None of nine of them got their team to the playoffs, or eight of them. Still, though, it's eighty percent. Save percentage is the best stat in terms of ranking goalies. It is. No, I, I know it is, but like what I'm saying, like I, I'm using that Luongo example because he was like that with Florida, but Florida was last in the league. So that's what the the the, the Canucks thought. They thought, well, if our defense isn't going to be very good, at least if we have Miller in net most nights, as long as he doesn't get injured, we're going to score four or five goals. So we might as well try to just. It's it's almost like. Uh, Benning's just expecting that we're just going to be able to pot goals like we were last year. Yes, I think that's what he's expecting. Because remember at the end of the year, Miller, when he was coming back from injury, he let in five goals. We just scored six. Yeah, yeah, it was Edmonton, but we were doing that all year round. I think I, think I can understand where you're coming from because you so can... I, re- I read that where the Canucks did not score... More than four goals for lack all year long. I think I think I, I think here where you, you're coming from, Son, because because I don't because I think when Niemi won the cup with with the with the Hawks in in 2010, and when the Hawks made the playoffs, I don't think he had the greatest save percentage or goals against average. He 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 had a great number of wins because the Hawks were scoring a lot of goals during that season. Well, you know that it was on and you know that you know that series with Philly and Chicago, when Chicago won the cup. Um, that that was uh, apparently the worst goaltending performance. Michael Michael Layton. Like the Flyers used three goalies to get to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Something that Boucher, Layton, and someone else. Yeah. yeah. They used three goalies to get there. Never been done. So, it was the worst goaltending performance ever in the uh, in the last twenty years or twenty five years. They said, and the, the Oilers would have won the cup though in two thousand six if Rollison was healthy. I mean, because you see, Markkinen and Ty Conklin isn't going to cut it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I, I think I think the Oilers just caught lightning in the bottle. Remember, they were the eighth seed. They were the eighth seed, but still Rollison. And they went and beat Detroit, who was a juggernaut. Yeah. I, that was Ironman's last playoff series. Yeah, the, which was a fluke. Then they beat San Jose or the Ducks or something which was, like that. Yeah, which was also a fluke. They got lucky. See, in 94, yeah, we were the seventh seed in 94. But there it, wasn't, expectations. it wasn't a fluke because the Canucks underachieved the entire yeah. season. Like, they were a good hockey team. The same way the 2012 LA Kings were not a fluke because they brought in all those guys like Richards and Penner and Carter. They were expected to do well. Yeah, they struggled during the regular season. The Kings. Yeah. Uh, there were some games where I watched the Kings where they just did not look interested in playing hockey that night. But that's what they, they do. They, want. Take, they take days off and just load up. For the totally. They'll, they'll, you'll see them. They'll just be skating around. Oh, you want a breakaway? Go ahead. They, did, they do that all year. Until it gets time um, for playoff run, and they tried that this year and it didn't work. But I guess after making it to the Stanley Cup Finals for like three years, you're probably pretty tired. 
But they'll be in the playoffs this year. Guaranteed. Yeah. I, I still don't think Sacramento will. Yeah, because because San Jose is putting a lot of faith in Martin Jones as a number one goaltender. And, um, they, and they don't know if he will perform now. If he doesn't perform well, they won't make the playoffs. I think the same goes for uh, for Edmonton. Like all these te- all these teams are uh, are going all in on these backups that played great for a stretch. But like I've said before, pl- being a backup goalie and being a starting goalie is like on it's a different universe. Yeah, it's not even the same thing. It's like being a relief pitcher when you only come in and pitch an inning or even just a batter. Sometimes they just want you to come in and pitch, uh, and pitch for one batter and then leave. Yes. Yes. It's different than a starter. You I mean, Mariano Rivera is probably the best closer of all time. The reason he yeah. was a closer is because he sucked as a starting pitcher. Yeah. He only could come in in the ninth inning, throw like 15 pitches, and win the game. And that's what we're going to see with Roberto Asuna. Is he a reliever for his whole career, or is he actually a valid starter? Uh, according to Buck Martinez, he's going to be a, um, a starter next year. Yeah, well, he has especially all the stuff. Yeah. Apparently, especially if they that's can't the resign Price, which yeah. I don't think that they could resign Price. Price is going to command at least 30 mil a season. Estrada is well, also yeah, a I think, the, I think the Blue Jays would pay him 30 mil a season. The only problem is, is that the Dodgers and the Yankees, who have... Uh, 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 up team times more money than um, than uh, than Toronto does. Like the Yankees can go and say, "All right, well, if they if they if it got into a bidding war, the Yankees could get up to a hundred million dollars a season for this guy, and they'd still do it." I think the Steinbrenners. I think he goes to the Cubs. Like, though. I think the Cubs are going to pay up for him. I know Joe Madden was his skipper in Tampa while they were both there in in Tampa. I think he goes to the Cubs right now. The only way he goes to the Blue Jays is if he sits back at the end of the season and says, wow, this fan base was amazing ever since I got here. I think I'd love to play for this country. That, yeah. that we have. Yeah, But I still think that he's going to be either a Yankee or he's going to be a Dodger. Could you imagine yeah. him on the Dodgers with Kershaw, Granke, and then that would be insane. Here's another because thing, the- though, because everyone has a little bit of an ego, right? And Price, if he goes to the Dodgers, he's not the guy. The guy is Kershaw and Granke. If he re-signs in Toronto for, let's say, five or seven years, he's the guy. He's the face of the franchise. He's not going to be the face of the franchise in, in L.A., so that's another thing to think about. I don't know. Do you think uh, – I, I kind of think that Price might be able to outperform Kershaw. Kershaw's I think Kershaw being, has more down games than Price does. But Kershaw's been at the Dodgers longer. He's homegrown. Price no, I'm saying for the first year or so, or as as the season goes on, I think uh, everybody, like, Kershaw's going to be named the guy. But if Price starts performing... But, 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 was Price Kershaw? named the guy when he got to Detroit? No, it was still Scherzer and Verlander who aren't as good as him. No, and, and Price ended up being the guy, and then they were, they were really... Did the, Detroit was really disappointed in them training him. Yeah. I think, though, the Jays, like, right now, the best team in baseball. That doesn't mean anything because in the postseason, anything can happen, right? Usually in the postseason, the well, best team. In the the, usually, the, yeah, the, te- the team who wins the World Series, more than not, is not the best team in the MLB. For all we know, the Houston Astros could win the World Series. You can't predict it. Come but right down now, the pitch. 
for the Houston Astros of uh, it comes down to whatever team's the hottest at the moment. I mean, for all we don't, for all we know, we don't know that Josh Donaldson's going to be hitting the same way he is right now in the postseason. For all we know, our best hitter could be Kevin Pillar. You just can't predict playoff postseason baseball. Well, and it's not only that, but in postseason, it goes down to a three uh, three pitcher rotation. So a lot of it comes down to pitching. Like, look what happened with the the Jays the night where they ran into a hot pitcher in Salzer. Salazar is amazing. Yeah, that, that's a like, good thing though. They ran that into a hot that pitcher. Means, yeah, that means Hutchinson won't be pitching though. We'll be rolling with Price, Estrada, Dickey, and Burley, which is more than good enough with the the Jays offense. I don't think, think uh, I don't think Estrada's going to get in there. I think I think it might switch up. Estrada, I, like it'll be Burley for sure. Strowman's ready. I think it'll be Price, Strowman, Burley. And then Estrada comes And then you over. bring that baller um, in the, like the eighth inning. Instead of giving Sanchez the eighth inning, maybe give the knuckleballer the eighth inning. Imagine, no imagine all, all game you're, you're going against just a normal pitcher and then the eighth inning you've got to go one inning against a knuckleballer. You'd be I would, screwed. I know. I would like to see that happen, but it's never going to happen. Well, I, I, if Strowman's healthy, I have a feeling that Strowman will be a starter over Dickey. But that would—he'd uh, be a starter if he's going to be a starter. He'll be a starter over Estrada because Estrada started. The yeah, but it, in the goes bullpen. Three, it goes down to three pitcher rotation. It goes to four. So there's only three pitchers. No, it's no, three it in the four. No, it goes to four. Martinez was talking about it today, and he said it's—it uh, goes down to three. It's four. Hutchinson would be the odd man out. Well, I guess we'll see. I remember uh, last year when the Giants won it. Um, they pitched the hell out of Bumgarner, but I mean, you can choose Bum- to skip starts if Bum- you really want to. Two of those series, and then he, he started in game six and ended up winning it. And then in game seven, they were losing. They brought Baumgartner out of the bullpen, and he pit, he had a five, or no, they were winning by a run. He had a five-inning save. Yeah. He started game one of the World Series. He started game five. They they can't they didn't pitch him in game six because they didn't have to win that game. But in game seven, they knew they're going to roll Tim Hudson out there for two or three innings. They knew he wouldn't last, and they knew that Bumgarner was going to pitch regardless from the fifth inning on. Well, oh, I think I think the Blue Jays are are, are the best too, but. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard Jays fan. I'm a, I'm a bigger Jays fan than I am a Canucks fan. Like, but the Jays are my favorite team in sports, and they've been that way since I became a baseball fan in 2006. I mean, I'm a diehard. Oh, I, I, I was, I was just laughing at what Edwin was doing um, this past month. Like, player of the month, he doesn't have a hit tonight, and it's in the eighth inning, and he hits a grand slam to extend his hitting streak. I'm like, you, like, you can't write this. Like this is amazing. It no, it, it's insane. Troy Tulowitzki is like the fifth best player on this team, and the, the real Troy Tulowitzki still is showing up. He might not be hitting, and he was hitting for a little while. He might be only hitting in spurts, but still, his but defense is, is, is phenomenal, and his military style kind of player that he is. I mean, Reyes isn't that. Reyes is Reyes is about having sure fun. Well, from second base on a re, on a on a regulation uh, diamond and things like that, from second base, could you run, pick up the ball, and throw the ball like Tulowitzki can do on the money every single time? 
I know. And it's especially good when, you know, Devin Travis is probably out for the season and Ryan Goins, the defensive specialist, steps in and suddenly he can hit. I know. And you see, the thing, the thing is with Donaldson, and, like, I still say that if the Angels um, end up making the playoffs, it, it all depends on who makes the playoffs. But I think... The, the, the Angels, Angels aren't making the playoffs, man. The Angels aren't well, making the playoffs. It's Trout, Pujols, and nothing else. Right now, Donaldson's the clear MVP, MVP in the AL. It's who, but I still say that if uh, the Angels somehow make the playoffs, there's still enough time. They're only three games out. It's not impossible. But they're just three, not three, that good. They're not that good. The Rangers no, and Orioles it, are better. It's Pujols, and they got Trout, and they got nothing else. At the same time, though, that second AL wildcard spot's wide open because not many teams are very good. I mean, the Rangers and Orioles are better than the Angels, but they're still mediocre teams. Yeah. Although the Rangers and that Rangers series, and I and I said it after game one, I know we won the other ones too, but I, I, that's still a team because of the experience that the Rangers have. That's a team yeah. that I do not want to face in the playoffs. I don't want to face them either. And if it was the Rangers and Yankees in the wild card game right now, I'd take the Rangers. Even though you can't predict a wild card game because anything can happen. I, I take mean, the Yankees. By the way, um, by the way, we beat them this year. Oh, I'd rather, I'd rather face the Yankees and the Rangers. The Rangers scare the hell out of me right now. The Royals don't scare me. The Astros don't scare me. The, the Rangers scare me. And, and like, Giovanni Gallardo, Cole Hamels, I know we kill lefties, but still, he's a good pitcher. And then Prince, Beltre, Napoli, Rusty Ogre, they're a good team. Yeah. And Shinsu Chu, which is, I hate him, but he's overpaid, but he's hot now. But the Indians remember too that um, in this last series, yeah, we didn't get a lot of a lot of uh, hits and things like that, and we finally won a game without hitting a home run. But yeah. the Indians are um, um, third best in in the AL in pitching. And Terry Francona is going for it too. If you watch that series, he was working the bullpen like a guy who wants to propel his team into the wild card spot. Which I wouldn't happen. be surprised if he does. I think Cleveland's a better team than both uh, the Angels, the Twins, and the Rangers. At the start of the year, I had them in the World Series facing the Dodgers. Um, I mean, I can't see that happening now, but their pitching's still amazing. I mean, Salazar, Kluber, they're good up there. I mean, Trevor Bauer isn't good, but, I mean, Salazar and Kluber are among the best. Yeah. No, I can I can definitely see that. Uh, that's a team I wouldn't want to play in a... In a, in a uh, five game series because the first one, year the first one is five games and then after that it's seven right yeah yeah and you know in that five game series too that it'll probably Price would start it and if it ended up point five, Price would play five as well I know so it's nice knowing that he's going to get probably two games maybe three because he would probably pitch one and four. Like, like if they needed a win to get it to game five, he'd pitch four, and I bet you he'd pitch five, too. There's no way you can pitch two games in a row, or at least start two games in a row. Dad, didn't Kirk Schilling do it? When? With Boston. In 04? No. I could have sworn he did it. He didn't do it. He pitched with like a bloody sock. Like his, his like, 
His yeah, feet I remember were that. Up. Something like, like his ankle, but like he was injured, but he didn't pitch two games in a row. But even even like start like in game five, start your your regular starter, and then after four or five innings, if, it, if you're up a run or something like that, bring Price back in. Maybe, but why do you have to do that when you have one of the best bullpens in the American League? I mean, you have Asuna and Sanchez, Latroy Hawkins. Just because you want the your bullpen, best. You want your best on the mound. Price, like, Price has never come out of the bullpen in his life. Why would you want to put him in that scenario? I don't know. I think Sanchez and Asuna have been doing it all year. Yeah. Well, Sanchez was a starter before he got injured. Yeah. But still, he was he was that's a full. Hot, he was a really last. Yeah, I'm starting to think that Sanchez should just be a reliever for the rest of his career because his pitching mechanics are a little erratic, and he's better served as a reliever because his fastball is money. He needs to learn how to throw other to, pitches. He throws he, his fastball. He has other pitches, but the curveball and the changeup yeah, not very good. as developed <laughs> as they need to be. Yeah, the curveball is nowhere near the plate. He's got the only pitch he's got that works is the fastball. Hey, did you watch that game against the Yankees when Sanchez blew it when he Beltron hit that home run? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, the Jays were up one run in the eighth, and Sanchez came in and he threw two straight high fastballs for strikes against Beltron. And, yeah, I mean you can't be throwing another fastball like that because Beltron's just going to size it up. He's a seasoned vet. And what yeah. Sanchez needs to do there is throw a curveball right into the dirt. And he threw a third straight fastball right down the middle. Beltron hit it out of the park. The Yankees ended up winning that game, and it was a big mistake. But part yeah, of that I is know, Russell, Greg, Martin, Greg Russell Martin needs to come out of the... Yeah, Russell Martin needs to do something with Sanchez and, and come up to him and say, hey, throw me a curveball as hard as you can to the dirt. I'll be ready for it. Because you can't be throwing fastballs as much as he is because he's been struggling a little bit lately because... He just, he just thinks it. because he can throw 99 miles an hour that he's just going to continue throwing because he's just going to blow it by people. Yeah, and that, that can't but happen. With, with veterans like, like Beltron or even even an A-Rod or something like that, yeah. you can't pitch like that. Like, look at the way Eddie's getting pitched to now. Everything is to the outside. Now, he has hit a couple home runs this year by reaching for them. Yeah. But to, to get a pitcher... Um, with that much power, you want to throw away from his power. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. Troy Tulowitzki's power is outside the plate, and what pitchers have done to him ever since he's joined the Jays is pitch right inside and jam him. Because you see all of his hits in front of the baseman. All you're doing is jamming Tulowitzki. So what Tulowitzki needs to do, and what he's starting to do, is just swing at that early fastball inside and yank it as far foul as you need to. And what that does is warn the pitcher that I know where you're going to pitch it. I'm going to hit it as hard as I can. And I'm going to size it up early because I'm expecting it. Yeah. But I did say while Eddie was on this uh, hitting streak, I said that if he ends up breaking the all-time record for the hitting streak, he would have to be given the MVP because that's a streak that's been in this league. Well, his, for streak, his streak ended, though, a couple days ago. I did, yeah. And you know what? He he did end up getting a sacrifice RBI, but it was a fly ball. If it had been a, a bunt sacrifice, he would have been credited for a hit. And you can tell when a hitter's hot. I mean, he's just hitting the ball hard, even if even for even if it's for an out, right? Um, Edwin Story. But if really he had a bunt hit, 
I've never yeah. seen Eddie Bunt, so I don't know if he can. Well, but shouldn't be it, by it, the power hitter. Yeah, if he had a bunted there, well, look at uh, Donaldson the other day. That's the now first time he's ever bunted in his career. Ever. And given I know, that this is lower than your bunting. Pardon? <laughs> made no sense. No, it made no sense. It worked because he got an RBI. Yeah. But, but I mean, if Donaldson stays with the Jays and keeps producing, not at this rate, but something similar to this rate, he'll go down the same way Robbie Alomar did in Jays' alert. Yeah. Well, if to to get back to hockey, there are two two questions I like to 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 ask you, and and these are big decisions that both teams have to make. The new contracts for Stamkos and Andrzej Kopitar. I mean, I think both of them are around the $4.56 million range and both of their contracts expire at the end of this coming season and are due for a big raise. So where do you see, where do you see them signing? Well, Kopitar, I, I, I guarantee Stamkos is going to be a Leaf next season. Kopitar and the Kings are apparently we aren't even close in discussions right now. They're far apart in where they want to be in terms oh, of yeah, salary. Yeah, Kopitar's going to be eight and a half year. Yeah, I don't think Kopitar's going to stay in L.A. Kopitar is going to be going somewhere else. Stamkos will get whatever he wants from Tampa Bay. Steve Eisenman will pay him whatever he wants. He should. Like, he that's a franchise player. Like, if I had to choose between Kopitar or Stamkos, I'd pick Stamkos every day. Obviously, but Stamkos is worth more. Yeah, way more. I bet you he's going to be... He's two his mil cap, more. His cap it's probably going to be um, around Nine. around the Taves Kane cap, cap, cap hits or higher. Uh-huh. Kane and Taves cap, cap hits are 10.5. Those are the cap hits. They're actually making more money than that this year. And if Kopitar doesn't sign with the Kings, where do you see him signing? Signing Sean. I could, you know, you know who I think would make a huge push for him that I think he would fit in with would be the Bruins. Oh my God! I, yes. I, I could just see him fitting in there. I can too. With the with the style of play that Kopitar plays, big, heavy. They lost Lucic. They're kind of thin down the McCraichy can't stay healthy. He's just a small little guy. No. Bergeron's getting older. Are you kidding me? Chris Kelly? Brutal. Bergeron's getting older. You put Kopitar on the first line and then drop Krejci to the second and then Bergeron's Bergeron's your third liner? Oh, my God. I think the Bruins Bruins would make a huge push for him, and I think they'd probably get him. Yeah, I would agree. All right. And I think it's about time to end this episode of Canu- episode thirteen of Canuchcast. So, any closing closing thoughts before before this episode ends off? Well, not really. I think it's just good that the Jays are playing so well because we're in for a pretty bad Canuck season, guys. I mean, I can't see us finishing better than thirteenth in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, but you never know. You never know how how the the young guys turn out or 
how people come back this year and things like that. Yes. You, you never know. Yes, you can never predict how the season will go. I mean, I mean... After 20 games, then you can kind of predict how the season will go. Yep. But until After that, 20 games. Yeah, but that's the whole fun of watching the season. So, the whole fun of watching the season. I mean, so you can have your own predictions, but you can be completely blown away by some teams come, just coming out of nowhere. I was and, blown away by Calgary last year. I just was. Yeah, same. I didn't think they were going to be that good. Not, and they won't be this year. Yes. Even with Dougie Hamilton. Yes, and every and every year, let's not forget, there was a surprise team that surprises everybody and and makes the playoffs and does extremely well and blows everybody's expectations out of the water. So the question is, which team would be that surprise team this season? Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't really. I think I think I think Dallas is going to make the playoffs. Columbus Blue Jackets. That's my team right now, guys. That's in the East. Yeah, I'm in, the in the West. In the West, I could see I could see Dallas making the playoffs, and somebody else falling out, like Calgary or something like that, or us. I'm just trying to think right now. I don't know. I I think Dallas is the only team I could, uh, I see that it will make playoffs next year because even though they don't have a great defense and their goaltending so so, I think they're going to outscore their way. I think they're going to be like. The Oilers of the '80s, not scoring quite as many goals, but I think they're just going to outscore their problems. Yep. Well, let's. Well, that's dead end work for them last season. Well, I guess so. Yeah, maybe Dallas. Well, even though they tried to outscore their problems last season, it didn't work. But let's see if it does this season. Because if it doesn't, they'll start need to be playing, start playing defense better. Because if 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 outscoring their problems doesn't work, they're not going to make the playoffs. Because they're going to make the playoffs after a while, rely on their offense alone. Yeah. Because they tried last season, didn't end up, didn't work too well for them. Can we see how it's going to work? How how it's going to work this time though? Well, now they got Patrick Sharp. Yeah. And they didn't have to give up anything really for him. Well, Trevor Daly. Yeah. He's still a decent defenseman. I mean, so their defense technically got worse, but their offense is amazing. So maybe yeah. that will carry them to the playoffs. But I'm not sure how you go from there. <laughs> yeah, and once they do make the playoffs, anything can happen, and and who knows, yeah. and who knows how far they're going. They and the last cup they won was back in 1999. So. It's been a good, I would say, more than 10 years since they won the last and only cup. Yeah, and they shouldn't have won that cup either. They go, they went on a... I, I really remember watching that series since I was so young, but I guess it was kind of like a fluke. I one. watched the whole series, and, and the way the rules were back then, the goal that ended up winning the cup in Game 7, that goal should have never counted. What? Wait, what game? Game seven against Dallas and and and, and Buffalo, Buffalo, nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hall. How'd that goal yeah, go? Brett Hall, Hall had his entire foot in the crease, and back yeah, then, back then, you weren't allowed to have your skate, your toe of your skate in the crease. But and they said afterwards in tabloids and like things like that because there wasn't a lot of media. There was no Twitter then. No, of course they, not. They were saying they were saying in tabloids and stuff like that. The refs 
couldn't call the goal back because the it was in Dallas. The ice was already flooded with stuff and now people. They said that they just couldn't call them call if they, if it had been in Buffalo, that goal wouldn't have happened. That goal would have been called out called back. Hmm. But because it happened in Dallas, there was the ref said that there was nothing they could do. Wow. Well, what it's, what it's seen of venues can make a difference, huh? In, Buff, in Buffalo, it, it couldn't happen, but in Dallas, it could. Dominic Hasek, I, I've seen him mad before. I haven't seen him that mad. He was mad. Well, I can I can understand his frustration. I mean, a goal that's even this last one, the Stanley Cup, and, and you didn't win it. I would be... A, I would, I would be Ferociously upset. I kind of understand. Hasek was amazing too. All all through that play, he was the only reason why Buffalo wasn't very good. Let's get that straight. Buffalo was not very good. Yeah, and he brought and he brought him to the finals alone because he was that good. Yeah. So. But Dallas did did a good job uh, um, though. They went and they traded Jerome McGinley to get Joe Newendike, and three years after the trade. Four years after the trade, they win a cup. Mm. And there's one last question I have to ask. The Florida Panthers are relying on Roberto Lolongo, Bobby Lou, to help him make the playoffs, but he's an aging goaltender, age 35, and I would say he's only got like five years left on him. Once he's gone, who's going to be the number one starter? I mean, do they have any young goalie prospects that are going to... Um, that can take his place, not not playing play as well as he does, but play well enough to get them in at least. I mean, a lot can happen in five years, right? Yeah, so yeah, you no, could draft a goalie. I mean, you could trade a goalie. You could trade a goalie. Yeah, you can't predict so, five years ahead of time, so we no. really don't know, and won't know for at least a couple more years. No. Yeah, you don't know where, what, what direct. You don't know who the GM's going to be. Like, a GM won't be the GM in five years. I doubt it. GMs and coaches in hockey, and it really only applies to hockey, but they're hired to be fired. Like, that's the way it is. And you can even ask coaches and GMs, too. They all say that they're hired to be fired. You know when you're signing the contract that you're probably going to be fired before the end of it. Yes. Most of the coaches do. Well, yeah, you're probably right, but... Hey, at least they get a paid a, at least they get a paid a, a handsome load of money. So at least at least that's a benefit at least. Oh yeah, that's the thing is I'd be an NHL coach for sure. I don't care if my team went 0 and 16 before I got fired because coaches, um, once they get fired, they continue getting paid. And so coaches are hired to be fired. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, this was a good podcast, guys. Yes. Looking yep. forward to the season. Yes, I can't wait till the just games begin, even the preseason games. Yes. Well, the the, uh, the young stars is starting next weekend, I think. My buddy's renting a hotel. He's gonna be up there the whole time. And, yep. and, spe- nice. and speaking of which, there's an event that even though the 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 Canucks planned this season, which we didn't really get get to talk about, and that's the West Coast Express coming back together. Yep. Yep, they'll be honored one night, so Bertuzzi, Nazan, and Brendan Morrison. I'm not sure how the crowd's going to react, but they'll probably actually give a standing over Bert. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's Vancouver. 
Even though his season ended with Vancouver, not the way. Yeah, to yeah, not the way it wanted to happen. That was pretty bad. Yeah. If we could go back in time and fix that, that would be. Yeah, my God, and we needed him. We needed him that year, and he just screwed over the whole team with this yeah. selfish, stupid mistake. I mean, well, I don't think I don't, I don't, I don't think it was all on Bert. I think Mark Crawford, Crawford had a yeah. lot. If you, saw, if you saw Crawford's expression on the bench after it happened when the Abs, I think it was the assistant coach was yelling at him, he just stood there with like a weird expression on his face. I don't know what that was, but that was a disturbing incident for sure. He, in that game, Bertu, uh, Bertuzzi offered him so three smug. times. He so yeah. And he wouldn't do it. So he fought Matt Cook. But the team didn't feel that that was good enough because Matt Cook wasn't really a fighter. Mm-hmm. So I think he was told, go out there and get him. And I still don't think Bertuzzi's the one that broke his neck anyways. I think it's the two Colorado Avalanche players that jumping on top of Bertuzzi. Yeah, that made matters worse. But, yeah. I mean, even the punch alone, right? So Punch knocked him out. I won't deny that. Well, let's not even know. I still blame the Colorado Avalanche for running up to score in that game. I mean, the score was nine to two. I mean, once it was six to two or something. I yeah. knew as soon as the score got really high, because remember this is a year and a half after the Nasland uh, hit, and the t- and like Gary Bettman for the first three or four games was in attendance. He was yeah. in attendance that game that night. That Bertuzzi did that. He wasn't. Because they, everybody had thought that they'd forgotten, but all the other games were like four, three, three, two, like they were competitive. This game turned out to be a blowout. I think at the time that Bertuzzi did this, it was six nothing or something like that. Yeah. Like it was over. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think he kind of over overreacted a bit. I mean, so. From time to time, we get blown out six nothing or five nothing. From time to time, every like every season, you're going to get blown out like that. Every time yeah. in a single season, so I think he kind of overreacted a bit. I mean, I don't think he can go a single eighty-two game season without getting blown out five nothing or six nothing in a game. That's just impossible, if you want my opinion. Yeah. So I think he kind of overreacted, and because of that. Caused one of the darkest moments in Canucks history, right when we needed him to. Worst decision. Well, I still think Matt Cook uh, uh, came in and did, did a very good job. What a beautiful goal he scored on the penalty kill in Game Seven against Calgary. Yeah, we lost in overtime. My God, <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. So that was. This was a good episode. Looking forward to starting the season and. Uh, Looking forward to all those Rogers Arenas celebrations. Yeah. And the day the Blue Jays win the World Series, we got yeah. a podcast. Oh, for sure. Even when they're in the playoffs. I mean, I'm into yeah. this team. I watch almost every game. I've been watching I do every watch every game. Lately. Like, no, I, I've been watching every game since the start of the season. Like, I'm a diehard. I, I started watching every game probably back in June. Past two seasons, I've been really into them, and even before that, like I followed them a lot. So I'm like, now that they got Price and Tulowitzki and Revere, 
who's playing very well right now. Revere is amazing. I mean, yeah. All he hits is singles, Pilar but like amazing he gets on. Man, I was so upset for Lo- Pilar when he missed that fly ball. Oh my god, that would have been incredible. Ball. That was insane. Revere was he didn't get it. Like, yeah, no, and then he's like, "Are you okay?" I thought he was hurt. He was just laughing there. He was so disappointed. He was lying there, disbelief that he didn't catch it. Yeah. So yeah, the Jays. I mean, I love them. And I mean, screw the Mariners fans. I mean, come on. You can tell too that the Jays, the the Jays are all in it for uh, for each other. They're not in it for themselves. And that's probably last lot. I mean, last year, the other day, Batista went to go. Uh, was about to catch the fly ball. Ryan Goins, who's the second baseman, ran from second base into the outfield to back up Batista just in case he dropped it. I know, like, he's the guy like, that we've been adding, you know? No, but it's like we've added Reyes, Price, Tula, I mean, sorry, Price and Tulowitzki. These are serious guys about winning. Reyes was a little too smiley, a little too nonchalant. How, how Batista was last year that Anthopolis did nothing to improve the team and make them better? That was a good thing, because guess what? They had a deal on the table that included sending Pilar the other, the other way for a rental. Pilar? Yeah, they had a deal on the table where they would have sent Pilar away for a rental player. Oh, well, I'm glad we got rid of Ghost, man. The other night when I saw the Ghost oh mishaps. No, but even, even guys like Lyndon Rasmus and Aaron Sebia, those guys just didn't care. Rasmus, I like Rasmus. He could crank it out of the park. He has power, but that's it. He, like his batting average is terrible. Yeah, he, he's, he's he either hits a home run or that's it, really. Yeah, really. But I, I mean, I'm loving Chris Colabello and Justin Smoke even at first base. Their defense is unreal, too. But yeah, I just get feeling good vibes with the Jays. So yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Yeah, All right. almost time for me. Yeah, and I'll end with my cl- closing thoughts of this. Canucks are going to make the playoffs this season. Oh, my God. And, and are you serious? Yep. There are playoffs. Oh, keep dreaming, kid. Well, you'll be surprised when they do make it in. Even though there's a lot of competing teams in, the, Vancouver can still surprise everybody and get in. And, when, and remember, the time... I don't think they'll get in because uh, they'll be in their division. I think if they get in, it'll be a wild card and only a wild card. I mean, Hanhees is gone before the trade deadline, so, I mean, no, they're... No, Anaheim and LA will make it for sure, and then who knows if Calgary or San Jose... Nashville's making the playoffs. Well, Minnesota's making the playoffs. Well, I think I think Vancouver will finish third in the division because Anaheim. Oh, and oh, third in the division because you, you said Anaheim and LA will make it in. LA Anaheim will finish first in the division. LA will finish second. Vancouver will finish third, and Calgary will get in via or Dallas will get in via a wild card spot. That's what I see. See happen. Oh. I don't see San Jose making it because. Because I, because I don't think Martin this, Jones. That's why Martin Jones and Alex Daylock. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't see that happen. See them making the playoffs together. So that's why I'm saying Vancouver. There's just a lot of good teams in the West. There's no way, especially in the other division. The other division, like all, you can make a case that every every team in that division could make the playoffs. There's a better chance. 
of the freaking Tampa Bay Rays making the playoffs right now than there is that the Canucks make the playoffs. Well, no, I don't think there's a chance at all right now well, of Tampa Bay making the playoffs. Well, no chance. Like they, they're, they're terrible. They overachieved the first half of the season. Well, I think they, they've overachieved. Even when Joe Maddon was their skipper and they made it all the way into the playoffs and things like that, I think they overachieved. Yeah, no, I'd agree. They had okay teams. They've always just had a really good pitching staff. Joe Maddon is just really good at getting the best out of you. Yeah, but back in the day, their pitching staff was amazing. I mean, Price, Garza, Shields, Scott Casimir, they've always had good pitching. They still do have good <clears> pitching, <throat> but their pitches are injured. So they'll yeah. have good pitching next season. They just don't have bats after, like, Longoria and stuff. And yeah. And even Longoria isn't the player he was. They do have one of the best pitchers in the league. And Son. Archer, Archer's insane. Archer is one of the best in the league. If Strowman could become something like Archer, not even have to be Archer, like something along the lines of a Chris Archer, the Jays are set. Well, well, Son, remember how you said Calgary would take a step back this season? Yeah. Well, if they are going to take a step back, that means somebody has to take their spot, and I think that will be Vancouver. Remember, it's the oh. top. Whenever it's the top three teams in the division, automatically make the playoffs, and. And do you see San Jose or Arizona taking I, 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 Arizona and Edmonton, no. Unless Edmonton surprises everybody, which is possible. But San Jose is a wild card for me. I don't know how they're going to perform yeah, this year. Martin either. Jones also depends on the goal. Stand on his head. So who, it, it all depends on goaltending. Because they got the offense. Yes, they got the they players got the up front. Yep. Even the players in the back end. If you take away goaltending, the Sharks are better than the Canucks. Yeah. Yes. yes. Definitely. So, on. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm you just, just don't know how the rookies are going are gonna to play. You just never know. So that's Nobody what, thought that Horvat was going to play like the way he did last year. Yes. And, and that's what I'm saying. We both know Anaheim and LA are going to finish, finish in one or two, but that, leaves, that still leaves the sword spot to be to be taken either by Vancouver, San Jose, Edmonton, or Arizona. So which one of those teams do you see taking that, that sort of spot? I don't think it'll be Arizona. Oh, I, I, I know it won't be Arizona. And uh, it won't be, a, I, I can't see it being Edmonton. So that, I just think they have the defense. So that leaves, but Frank, that's San Jose's really Vancouver a lot of defense either though. Vancouver does not oh, have the defense either. I don't think Vancouver has the defense unless the rookies, unless Jordan Subban does come in and just lights the world on fire. It's not gonna happen. No, he's spending he's spending the year in Utica. And that's why I think of and that's why I think Vancouver will get in because it's a battle between right now between Vancouver, San Jose, and Calgary for that sort of division spot. I'll take Calgary and San Jose over Vancouver. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Miller's a better goaltender than uh, than Ramo. Yeah, he is. Now, Martin Jones, we don't know yet because we haven't seen him as a starter. I need to see the first 20 games and see how he plays. That's why I can't wait for the season to begin, boys. Yeah, can I? All right. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm going to finish off watching the Seahawks game. And... All right. And, um, and, and I'll 
and I'll finally start getting, getting more busy again because I'm finally starting school again this month. Alright, talk to you later guys. See you next podcast. Bye.